that bullshit and a plaster. Everyone, welcome back to the Moonlighters Club podcast slash video. We have another guest. Hello. And we're happy to be here. I'll let you introduce yourself. I know you as Deborah, but I don't know if you have a certain way that you want to introduce yourself. Like oh. A, like an actual little thing you say. Well, thanks. I actually say, hi, my name is Deborah. So, okay. hi, my name is Deborah. All right. <laughs> I guess I could have done that, too. But, uh, Deborah, thank you for joining us. No, thank you. Uh, actually, I don't know if it's supposed to be anonymous, but I met you at a very positive event, oh, yeah. uh, Black Wall Street Collective here in Boston. You'll know more about it soon. It's mm -hmm. a bunch of very talented young black individuals in the city doing big things. Um, before we actually get started, let's let's actually talk about this. Let's okay. just plug this real quick because we're going right. to do it again, but okay. I think we should start with it. Awesome. So this is the 30 Day Speak Life Challenge. It's um, my first book, um, and it is my baby. I don't have children, um, and so this is my thing that I gave life to um, and I share in a series of 30 days how I overcame depression and anxiety by learning to partner with my words and um, my organization is called use your words and it's all about restoring the art of communication and so um, yeah with this book it's a, the challenge is that every day for um, 60 seconds to five ten minutes I, that you stop and give yourself a moment to assess the way um, you're thinking about what you're going to be saying about yourself throughout the day and as you travel throughout your space and your world. Um, and so, yeah, that's the book. That's good. Was that I clear? respect that. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was that was thorough. Very <laughs> was thorough. It? Yeah, I struggle with anxiety too. Do you? Yeah. yeah I just drink beer. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like, right. So a lot of people, um, there's a lot of coping mechanisms. And I think in our society, though, like um, technology, all like we're always on notifications. There's so many deadlines and everybody's going, going, going. I think anxiety is something that a lot of people don't talk about and don't deal with. I think we're talking about it more. Um, I see that. But um, I don't have a lot of uh, outside coping mechanisms, but mine has been the words, like understanding that, oh, I need to focus on my words and make sure that they are positive in that they're lining yeah. up yeah so that's speak life. yeah yeah speak that's life. I, yeah. it is i feel like most of the time I'm, I'm anxious or depressed well except for people who just chemically are like that it's yeah, really a whole nother thing it's a whole nother just, piece yeah no yeah but i feel like it's just thinking too much i feel like people who that i know that are really intelligent or mm -hmm. really gifted at something their mind's always working exactly and that's why those are the ones who are always having just crazy thoughts because they just think of scenarios and they, it tends to be work, really, yeah. right? So these are scenarios that'll help me get by here. Mm -hmm. But then it's also just random life scenarios that are never gonna happen. Mm -hmm. Like me, like these crazy situations that you hear about happening to someone else, so yeah. you freak out. And it's like, yo, if you just like, don't think about any of that random shit, exactly. like, you're just gonna have a good day today. Exactly, so, yep. Yeah, that's what's up. Yeah. So uh, let's get started. You, okay. let's just go college. Where'd you go to college? I went to the University of Southern Mississippi um, in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Okay. So I'm originally from Mississippi. And so, um, yeah, Golden Eagles. To Do you the have top. A, is it your accent like normal Mississippi accent? No, like, it's not. It's okay. funny. People, uh, when, I'm, when I'm in Mississippi, people ask me where I'm from. Um, yeah. I'm like down the street. Um, and yeah, anywhere I go, people are always, no one can ever figure out where my accent. I don't really know. Every I think if I start talking fast and if yeah. I get upset or angry or happy and excited sometimes some country what's, comes out what's mississippi really like because like growing <laughs> up my my grandmother's from darlington south carolina okay 
and my dad's from Alabama. Raymer, right, Raymer, right by Montgomery. Okay. And uh, so I have an idea. I've been to the South a bunch of times, but for some reason Mississippi like has this reputation. I don't know if it's because of George Wallace, but it's like the most racist of racist. But races. I'm just saying, and also though, Southern of Southerns. You know like, what I mean? Like, but see, Mississippi gets a bad rap. I love Mississippi. It's the place that I mean, I grew up there. It's um, my home, first of all. So like. Um, it does get a terrible rap, right? Because like, yeah. I've been, I've lived in LA. You know, we'll talk about that more. But like, I've been in all different spaces, and people always are like, "Oh my God, Mississippi!" I'm like, "Well, Mississippi burning." You know, like it's right. always yeah. bad yeah. Um, uh, connotations around it or whatever. But Mississippi is literally a place that um, I write about it um, in my new book that I'm working on. Um, that is a place that people, it's so much love there, but it gets clouded by like the traditions of what people are used to. But the beauty of, I believe like the beauty of Mississippi is that it's like ingrained. So it's almost like you don't even know that it exists because yeah. people are nice. Like yeah. you, it's, you forget, right? Yeah. And so, but the, I've experienced my racism actually in other spaces that I've lived in, in LA, in New York, like I've experienced like, cause y'all are more segregated. I was just having yes. this conversation with my friends. Like in Mississippi is like, people are together. I think in other places, sorry that club. Um, no, 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 you're good. <laughs> <laughs> I think in other places though that um, it's, y'all are more like, I just went to like the black graduation and things, like all these different, like yeah. y'all, I mean, y'all say like, oh, it's celebratory, like, oh, we're celebrating this culture, but like in the South, it would be, oh, this is segregation, you know? Yeah. But um, it's a place that, I mean, it's lovely. I love it. It's a peaceful place for me. I'm from the Gulf Coast of Mississippi, so even in Mississippi, like people are like, "Oh, well, you're from the coast. You don't count." Like, because yeah. um, the coast is where the casinos are, and um, it's the touristy spot. Okay. Yeah, Biloxi, okay. Mississippi, in that area. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. So that's like that part, but it's so serene, so peaceful. But I mean, you know. It is what it is. It is what it, it is. It's, I mean, it exists everywhere. I, I mean, that's what I'm saying. People are nicer in the South. I feel like people up here, because it comes out, it's not even just like race, just like interacting with people. It's way more pleasant in the South. Oh, yeah. Like, like it's but much better. Like, people don't. <laughs> I just got back from Alabama to visit my dad, and it was just chill. Like, yeah. people saying, excuse me, yes, sir, mm -hmm. no, ma'am. And then coming up here, I held the door for someone. They didn't even say anything. I'm so angry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mad. I'm like, just say something. Yeah. But but you got to get home before the streetlight. So yeah. yeah. I, I digress. Let's let's. Okay. I'm. I asked about college. I brought it up to ask okay. about what you major in. And when you were majoring, were you clear that what I'm doing? I feel like I want to do for like five years, ten years. Absolutely not. I um, majored in business administration. Okay. I'm out of minor in dance and. Um, my emphasis, my first three years of college was finance. So I was, you know, doing that, knocking it out. And then when I got to the core of all the finance classes, um, <laughs> I barely passed. I think you had to have like a C or something to yeah. uh, move on to the next level. And I did a flip in the house. I remember when the grades came in and I was like, my mom was like, oh, you made an A? I was like, no, I made a C. Like, <laughs> like got out of here. <laughs> like, and that, when I got back to school that semester, the next semester, I, I went to the advisor and I was like, what is the easiest way for me to graduate? Because I'm not going to graduate with this degree. And so I ended up with a tourism and hospitality <laughs> degree. Okay, okay. Shout out to all of the hospitality majors <laughs> out there. Um, but I, so I put no real, well, actually, I think I changed it. I was like marketing for like a week, accounting. I was like going back and forth. And then I ended up in tourism and hospitality, which, I mean, it's great for me. Um, but yeah, I didn't put a lot of thought into that, but that is a, like a really defining moment for me. And when I go back into my story, like I really wish that my advisor had to push back a lot yeah, to make that yeah. a, like, you know, really focus on what you're doing. But um, yeah, I definitely did not 
think about my future in that. Like, I didn't necessarily know how. I was the first um, generation college student. Okay. So yeah. that, I think, played a role in it as well. It's a funny story about even how I became a finance major. Like, I was like, oh, I want to be a bank teller. Like, somebody should have said, like, no, that's not what you aspire <laughs> to go to college for. So, like, you know, like, <laughs> so... Yeah, so I think that's that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you graduate, right? And what's that like? Oh is my god! It, was it a <laughs> massive letdown when you get out? Like, what is? Absolutely, like college for me. I was a I was a good student, right? So yeah. I like had all these different awards and different. I even was able to represent my school as like Miss um, Southern Miss, and so like it was like all these great things. And then I get to life, and I'm like, what is this? Like this isn't what I want. And I didn't necessarily know what I wanted, but I knew it wasn't what I was experiencing. You know, it took six months for me to find a job. I think I was waitressing. um, And every day I went to work, it was like, I just felt like a failure every single day. And um, where were you waitressing at? I was, uh, what was it? Century City Grill, which was like a really, (laughs) like, uppity place. It was like one of the, no, (laughs) it was like, was it Century City? I don't know. Century City is where I worked in at, uh, LA. I forgot the name of the place. Something Grill. Anyway, um, but whatever it was, I know that I, there was like an experience there where the lady who was chopping the salad in the back, like she was like, there was like a salad station. And I went one day to, because I'm always speaking and I'm like, I love people. So um, everybody loved me. So I was talking to this little lady. She was like, I see you working hard. You just keep working hard. You'll be able to come back here and make $11 with me in the salad place. And I went to the bathroom and bawled my eyes out. And that's when I was like, life can't be this like and, you know, like this is not why I went to college this is not and no shade to anybody who's doing that you know like great like yeah. that is good hard work but I just felt like the dreams I had for myself right. did not mean that I was going to be working to be a salad chopper and so um yeah that's I think that's probably where things started changing for me internally um thinking more like uh bigger than what uh, society had prepared me for, like, nine to five. So I think that that was probably, if I go back, that was probably in that time where it was like, something has got to give. So you were talking about L.A. Did you leave that job and then move out of Mississippi? So, no, I actually took, um, and it's so funny, I didn't even work that job long, but it felt like 5,000 years. But when, I'm like, <laughs> when I go back, I think I may have worked there eight weeks, if that. Like, <laughs> But it felt like, no, I was like, no, it's terrible. Um, I actually took a job at um, Verizon. Okay. I worked with Verizon. I was in the management program there, and... Um, I worked there for a year and a half and I was so happy, um, but I hated it. Like I just, it was, it's that life, which I think for me, which we'll talk about like entrepreneurship, like the agency over my time, mm. that part was yeah. like, I was like, how are y'all working? I was like, people were 26. I think I had just graduated. So I was really young, um, 22 maybe. And the managers were like 23 to 26 and they looked like old men. And yeah. I was like, why do y'all look like this? And I was like, oh, this the life work life balance was off. And so, um, yeah, that after that job though, that's when I, I worked there for like a year and a half. And then that was where it was like I pushed the limit and was like, okay, my I moved to LA. My I had a grandmother who lived out there. Well, she still lives out there. Um, she's still alive. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> like, my God, it sounded like she didn't live there anymore. <laughs> like she's still on earth. Um, but yeah, so I just packed up, I made a plan, and then I moved out to LA, and that was like my big jump into the life that I live now. But the, yeah, those yeah, those cell phone companies can be the worst, man. I've had friends work in the retail store, in the corporate mm-hmm. store, like there, when it comes to profits, it's not, there's nothing like it, man. That's yeah. why they were consistently getting fined by the SEC. Yeah, like, it, it's yeah. Pretty well, yeah, I mean, I was making a lot of money. I made a lot of money in that year and a half, but 
my mind. I was like, so it wasn't. I was. It wasn't a great experience, but. So you moved. To, had you been to LA before? Yeah, once. Um, no, twice. I went twice. I went my senior year in high school. I was actually looking for colleges out there. Ah, okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so it was like several times, like right after graduation in college, I was supposed to move there. It was like I kept playing with it, but um, at that time, I didn't necessarily have the bravery yet i haven't built that up to that muscle to think that i could live outside of mississippi or you know like mississippi the thought is you know you go to school you get married you have kids you know you it's not it's a totally different lifestyle and so i didn't necessarily know the life that i was um craving but i just knew that it wasn't what i was experiencing and yeah you know you had the whole relational things guys are like oh trying to marry you and i was like i don't really want to be married right now you yeah know? so yeah it was a lot of that going on so i had to just like i felt like i ran away from mississippi in a way but good yeah <laughs> i'm not good but you know <laughs> yeah i mean i love mississippi uh, heart got my heart so you come to la mm-hmm. and so you, were you still working because what's your degree in again was it tourism and with the yeah that's the, the main right. so it's the business administration with the yeah. emphasis yeah, yeah emphasis there so you had been working at Verizon what were you looking for when you got to LA as far as life work <laughs> so I'm a dancer as well so I was dancing and while you I you're always a dancer but I'm just not dancing now so I at that time was dancing and so I was like okay I'm gonna like really pursue dancing and yeah. just arts and so yeah so I I was there for like two months I auditioned for my first dance company and so I got I, I cool. started dancing with a dance company out there and then um, I was in acting school and so I was like doing those okay. types of things just like really exploring the artistry part of my life um, yeah. that in Mississippi had not necessarily been cultivated and so um, yeah so I that's where the artist part started coming in like writing I've been journaling my whole life I didn't necessarily know like oh they're writers like this is a whole career like you can do this so yeah that's, that's what I started yeah that's that was LA yeah okay that's what's up yeah it's funny I feel like hip hop's kind of ruined dancing because mm-hmm. every time someone's like yo I want to be a dancer I'm like oh. yeah. <laughs> we're like no it could be anything it could be Alan Bailey yeah you yeah, do a well, ballet yeah. you can do all so, kinds of yeah. stuff but it's like every time <laughs> my mind where I'm going is like oh this is yeah. that. well that's it was funny because when I moved to LA that had never happened to me before so when I got to LA and I would say like oh I'm gonna dance they're like oh what kind of dance I'm like uh, <laughs> I'm like, oh, not that. Oh, not. I mean, shout out to them too. They're great, but no. Mm-mm. What was the experience while you were doing the creative side? Because I, especially in LA, mm-hmm. I feel like it could go like there's, there probably is a gray area, but I'm not aware of it. So it's either you do it, you're you're having a time in your life, you're enjoying it, you have your successes, but it's a growth period. Then I also hear about the times where it does not go the way people want it to right, go. Right, right, right. It's just a dark time for yeah. you. Is it a gray area, or did you like really enjoy that experience of just being able to go, like actually pursue what you really care about? Right. No, I definitely ex- enjoyed it because I didn't necessarily. I just wanted to go and explore that for me, but I didn't mm-hmm. have like a dream of being any certain thing. I just knew that like something was pulling me. So right. I think being in that mindset played a good role and it, like it, I could see how if I had had a different mindset I could have pursued it harder um but I just took embrace every opportunity that came you know it was yeah. like oh things came up with um I was with the agency and like I got a, a gig working in a movie or working on some set or TV show so those things I just took those experiences you know and it was yeah. like I didn't necessarily feel like um it, I didn't it wasn't that much pressure on me to like make anything out of it okay. so if that makes sense so yeah. but I definitely um 
had those had people I met friends and people who were I mean also I lived with my grandmother at that time so it wasn't like I was trying to make rent or things like that so like I think a lot of that great those dark dark areas come because you're trying to like balance life and pursue a passion yeah and so that yeah. part yeah. plays a, a role a stressful role yeah. so that's it sounds like things are you're just living life chilling mm-hmm. what was there a switch that went off while you were doing this while you're doing dance where you're like okay I still like dance but maybe I want to try explore something else yeah absolutely um I just as I began to like grow, know, find um, new friends, um, artist friends, people who like resembled me in so many ways, so it was like a definitely exploratory um, experience for me. Like I just found more out about me, and like, um, and I think in that that was when I released my first blog out in LA, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna do this blog thing, and um, that was where I started just growing more and saying, okay. Let me figure out how I can take more control of what I'm doing and nice. how does it all come together. So I believe that's I'm not sure necessarily when the switch happened, but I know it definitely was being in a, around so many artists and so many people who like um, when we were being in the dance studio, people were like, oh, I'm going to do this audition or oh, I'm like all these cool things that are like, oh, I was on this set and I got this movie role. Or I got this. And it was just like people are seeing people on um uh, commercials like I'm watching TV and I'm like what's up like I know you like you know things like that and so it made me start really exploring like how do I want to make an impact and like be really be in this space so, yeah yeah I just wrote my first blog it's amazing hey no it's not amazing it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a so long well, then, I know it's hard to like, it was I've tried to write multiple blogs it was uh <laughs> it was hard. literally like uh okay we're working on this podcast this is what it was like this is where it came from. It was cool. Okay. But that, man, it took a while. Like, I'm better at talking, like, shooting the shit. I get to use my hands when I talk. Yeah, yeah, rough. yeah. When you're sitting there, like, writing something or typing something, oh, my God, that's awful. Yeah, well, blogging is, is interesting because you have to, like, make your voice translate to this. Yeah. So that people can read in your voice. So it's, like, it's interesting. I write, like... Uh, like emails like and all that stuff like a British dude from like this 1800s so I'm always like citations <laughs> my name is Joel Edwards like I'm like literally when I'm at work I have to like because I don't want to like, be too Joel mm-hmm. at this like yeah what up it's me hit me back because right, that's easy right, right. But yeah. so when I'm like trying not to do that writing about myself mm-hmm. super hard right because you know, I want to say yeah I was just chilling with Dwayne right but on the blog I'm like I was slated to meet whatever <laughs> Dwayne like, no. so, so, like I was writing that rhythm is like damn like, right, this. right. No, I was writing a text the other day, and um, I was my friend was in town, and I had let her see it, and she was like, first of all, this is an email. Take this whole thing away." Like I, so I understand <laughs> that. Like <laughs> I was like, "Hi, comma." She was like, first of all, that formatting just in the text." I'm like, "So I understand that." So you write, you start writing, mm-hmm. and uh, did it just start like just you writing started to catch a steam? You're like, "Oh, I just like doing this." Um. So. Okay, so then this is where the real switch happened. So I start doing that, and then I'm still doing the dance company, and I start working part time. So I've worked part time. Um, I guess I should say I've only worked full time uh, yeah. probably two years in my adult life. Other than that, I've been more like part time here and there, whatever. Um, and so th- during that time, I started. It was during the um, who I can't remember which um, one of the police brutality cases, right? And oh, so, so um, I can't remember. It was Mike Brown. It was one of them. 
Um, yeah, that was what? what was, was it four August? Four years ago? No, yeah, yeah, it was yeah, something yeah, like yeah, five yeah. years, but yeah. it was around August because that's when Use Your Words launched. And so for me, that's when it started. Um, I was like trying to figure out what role do I play in this? I, and I, it's crazy. I have been reading and studying um, Dr. King for like a year and just reading all of his works and just really just like trying to understand what how they thought back then. And then because I started seeing things happen, I had my own experience with the police and um, where it was, I was in handcuffs and like, it was like, whoa, whoa. The guy was like, why are you crying? Like you, you know, like, yeah, like you never been in handcuffs before, and I'm like, no, I haven't. Most like, people have been. Like, I like, I haven't. <laughs> like, actually, I haven't. <laughs> like, I, it's funny. I'm like, where's my girl? Can I call my grandma? And they're like, no. Oh, I was in L. A. Yeah, it was terrible. Which I mean, LA. that was my first like real racial experience, and I'm like, oh, like yeah. So like, I had that experience, and so I think that that for me was like the switch of like, okay, how does my artistry and my heart for advocacy start coming together? And so that's where ah, okay. your words came from, and then. Um, I once I did use your words. Um, I started with just doing like a weekly prayer call, right? And so I was like, okay, I just did it with my friends, and then I like grew into this thing that was happening nationwide. And so like every Wednesday, it was like, okay, I was like purpose call, and so like it was just like something to be motivating and to uplift and to yeah. really inspire people to think larger than just their lives, but like how can we impact the society that we see um, forming around us? And so that is when I did that for a year, and then I started blogging, and then I had contributors, like ten contributors on the blog, and I. I was like, whoa, what does this turn into? Um, and then I started doing videos and um, people like one on ones with people and like almost like life coaching in a way. And so that's how things started taking like the the momentum that came from everything. And yeah. so then um, I went with the book. It was like people were looking. It was more like people centered, like people. How can I impact people to go out into society? Okay. If that makes sense. So, yeah. Yeah. Nice. My contributors, that must, that must be nice. That's exactly what I'm looking for now because I don't like to write. So oh, contributors, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, no. <laughs> it was a lot. I was like, oh, I did, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't prepared for that. So, like, so oh, this oh. starts to grow. Okay, uh, yeah. Your, so, like, can you, like, let's just you, have you describe, use your words. So what's okay. the, the purpose behind it, the vision behind it, the description? Yeah. So the user words exist to restore the art of communication. And one of the things that the main goal is to help build relationships, connect relationships, connect humans back to human interaction. Okay. So um, I really started seeing how technology, through technology, we're actually becoming more disconnected, even though we're all connected socially. We're like disconnected from how to have a conversation, how to, um, to grow in relationship. And so for me, like my experience with the police it was like i'm trying to talk to you and you're like you're being forceful with me and i'm talking like i'm there's no weapons here like there's and i'm in handcuffs and it's like a gun has been pulled and i'm like ah you know and i just like use your words so what i see use your words as is a the solution to a lot of the um discord that personally on a personal level um relationally and then also um societally so um, yeah, that's what it is. Okay, so who? So is it more of what's the primary product? Is it you producing content, and other people producing content, mm -hmm. in a place where people can read it and kind of get inspired from mm -hmm. it, or do you also contact people and say, okay, you guys suck at talking, you guys suck at doing this, let me help you? <laughs> yeah, all of that. Um, so there's the arms. There's different arms and branches of it, and so the um, the main gist is that it's me, like a community of people coming to practice using their words, practice talking. So it's like creating platforms for your voice to be heard. So that's where the blog comes in and that's where um, 
the um, the calls come because people actually had time to talk and they had like if there was a certain topic um, people can talk about whatever those things those topics are mm-hmm. or whatever so it's creating fostering a community in a space where people have the option or not option the opportunity to use their words um, and to think about the words that they're not using and why they're not using those words and how that can impact um, their world. That's what's up. So can you read me? Let's break down an example case of some some okay. some a scenario where that where that like how that is good where where you came in and did that and you left and people are like oh my god this was like yeah um, so the most recent example um, I went into because I do it corporately and is like it, it I mean words are everywhere and so it, it the message translates into any environment and so recently I went into a corporate um, like high level recruiting um, training. There's all these people looking for jobs, basically. They were unemployed, but they called it like high level recruits or whatever. And nah. so, uh, <laughs> nah, they were just unemployed. No, unemployed. Right? <laughs> when I got here, like 10 minutes before, the lady was talking to me and she was like, Oh, yeah, everybody's unemployed. I was like, Oh, this is an unemployment workshop? Oh, okay. Like, yeah, I know how to talk I, about this. But I got the reward that it's a high level recruit. I just don't have jobs. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. You broke. It's good. It's good. You stressed out. I feel you. I mean, it totally changed my dynamics, like how I prepared. I was like, Literally, I threw everything out the window. I was like, Oh, they're all unemployed cool um so yeah so I went in and um we just we had conversations and so I I actually start off with the hi my name is Deborah is very intentional and um that's the first step of how someone when you use your words to the world so you're like the way you introduce yourself matters and so um yeah we talk about that and then um we started that conversation went to how are you using your words about your situation and so um, the exercise that I went through that was really impactful was okay tell me like just list words like they had to write it down and then we I wrote it on the board different things that they like how do you feel about your unemployment status how do you feel about yourself? like so I asked like these various series of questions and so I wrote down all of the words um, that they said about themselves so then the next exercise is okay these same questions but about the person like I assigned a person to each person like across the room or whatever and all the um words that they said about these other people and the same exact situation it was so encouraging and so uplifting i know they're better than this and like i know something will come for them versus the things that they were saying about themselves or like i suck i'm a failure i um i should i should be farther than this or like and it was just a totally different list and like this one guy walked with me at the end with tears in his eyes and i was like oh <laughs> um, it was like <laughs> deborah like i have never just taken a moment to think about like what i'm saying to myself and so that's uh. really impactful because now that cha- changes the way you go out and address others when you are talking and more kindly to yourself and then like you begin to talk more kindly to others and then have a understand that the power of your words are building something so whether that's building this um this environment that is unhealthy and that makes you feel bad about yourself or are you building environments in a world that makes you feel good and encourages you to go forward and you know keep trying that's what's up. Okay. Yeah. So you were doing that in LA with like various like blogging, you yeah, yeah. contributors in LA. What prompted you to move? So yeah, that LA um, move. Um, why did I? I got tired of LA. I got tired of like the falsehoods. Like it's just so fake. Yeah. Um, and I mean, yeah. I love LA. It's a second home. Um, I probably will be moving back there at some point. But like, I just at that moment, I was like, I was. Oh, it was just a lot, you know. I, I think I had um, just grown to a space where I needed 
to be around something that was real. I was looking for authenticity. I was looking for trees. Um, and so I was looking for like nature and things like that. And so I actually ended up moving to Boston, not Boston, um, Houston. I was in Houston for uh, a year Houston. and a half. Yeah. Houston. So that's actually where I started writing. Um, okay. I, I nannied, so I did do some full, I forget, I forget about that. So I was a nanny while I was writing and I was living a super bougie lifestyle. Like, oh yeah. Nice, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially because it's cheap down there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I was a living nanny, so it was like really great. And so, um, yeah, so that's in that space, I just needed like some time and space, like to kind of process what the experiences I had lived and, um, I had traveled out of the country and like just done things that, um, my beginning in Mississippi hadn't pre like prepared me for, you know? Yeah. And so I just needed that time. And so I went to Houston for a year and a half and then I went to New York for um, around it, about a year. Um, and that's actually where I published. And so I was like doing different things in that capacity. And so, yeah, then I traveled for a year, um, did a book tour and um, just promoting the the message of use your words. So like whether it's in schools or going into different places to just talk about the power of using your words and the importance of using your words. And um, so then last summer I took a job um, on the Cape and that's how I ended up in Massachusetts. See the real deal. What, a book tour? <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, it was fun. It was stressful, but it was fun, yeah. Nice, so now are you here, you did book tour. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you presented this to a good amount of people. You're published. Yeah. So what what's your trajectory, trajectory looking like now, excuse me? Like what do you have in store for, for uh, use your words in the near future? That's exciting to ask. Um, it's like, I feel like I'm always planning for something, but um, I, usually, I'm really excited about it. I actually had a very exciting opportunity this week to present um, the philanthropy arm of Use Your Words that I just created um, called We See You, We Feel You. Um, and it's an initiative that for any book that I sell or any, pro any book or product, um, a resource will go to an inmate in a jail or prison. So I was able to um, pitch that to um, Congresswoman Ayanna Presley this week. So that was really exciting. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, that's yeah. So I'm really excited about that. Um, that project I'm working with a friend on and kicking that off. So um, it was inspired from um, Ava DuVernay's um, When They See Us. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. finish that. I watched like 10 minutes. Yeah. And I found out what it was about. And I'm like, I can't, I'm already It's here. so, yeah, it's, it's tough. Like, and I, I mean, if I'm being 100% honest, I haven't even watched it yet. My friend, like, I just have to pr mentally prepare because I've had my own trauma around that. So like, yeah. I it, it actually terrifies me. And But I did see this, um, I think Oprah, tweeted or something or somebody wrote I think it was definitely Oprah I just can't remember um, what avenue but she said you know for those who are struggling with watching it and struggling with like being angry or whatever that is like just think about the people who live this every single day and the people whose lives that it truly impacts and so like I was trying to think about it in that vein but it's also still like I just can't I don't know so I'm gonna watch it though I, I need to watch it it's just scary I feel scared I like I like what you're doing with Use Your Words is it has the personal importance to you mm -hmm. and it serves a social importance. Mm -hmm. As far as the growing it, like what are some of the hard hardships you come up with when it comes to getting the word out about it, finding people that you want to coach? You know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you hit home with that, you know, significance? Like, because I feel like products where you're like, all right, this will help you save dollars or mm -hmm. save your meeting time because right. like yeah i'll talk to you but then when you're like yo this will like make people feel better they're like oh, i don't need them to feel better uh, <laughs> you know what i mean like so how do you get it how do you get in the door these places where you're doing conferences and yeah yeah that's actually what like the area that i'm working on and um i've been working with a sales coach because of this because it's what i'm working to do 
I've had to like actually learn what use your words is. I think in a lot of ways that's why I call it a child. Um, it's been like, you know, for my friends who have babies and whatever, you have to like watch that child grow and like get to learn its personality. Like you can't like a lot of people I see like are trying to put these personalities on their kids yeah. versus just letting their child live and see what it is. And I think that that's what's happening with use your words. And because of that, like I'm like this sales coach we've been working with, understanding that I'm actually trying to shift the culture of um, workplaces, but like the culture of our uh, our surroundings and so yeah. with that like that's the selling point is like I'm not necessarily like I'm not trying to um, increase your revenue that's going to happen when somebody when individually everyone's working better within themselves so if you want numbers to go up then you did need to start investing in your people in that way so that's like the corporate message but then like in conferences and things like that it's more of the message of like helping people understand that the things that we're looking for are actually in our mouths, like the things that you're actually saying are impacting the world that you are creating. And so that's where for me, I, and because I've lived it, so I know it's true. So it's like really, I'm really passionate about it. Like I was in therapy when um, I, my therapist said, Deborah, I like I was doing usual words and she was like, you are never going to change if your mouth, she was like, your mouth sucks. And I was like, like, she was a little small white lady and she like reached across the desk. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she was, I'm like, no, like I have, I, I have people call me to like encourage them. Like I encourage people. She was like, yeah, but when you talk about yourself, it's bad. And so yeah. for that, for me, that's why I'm so passionate about helping people understand the importance and the value of that. And so um, that's kind of the message that I'm, I'm pushing out now because it's, um, and it, I mean, for me, it's been working so far. Like, um, so I think to your question, like the hardest part is me being consistent and under, like consistent in the way I push it out because some like it takes all of me to do this, yeah. right? And so it's one of the things like when I say like I like stop the blog, I like like the site now is down. Um, I'm working on it to redevelop and rebrand. Um, working on all of that. I'm excited about it. But um, yeah, like the hardest part, like when I stopped for the, uh, I think like a year, it was because I just, I got overwhelmed with not understanding the importance of it. I just felt like I was doing things, but now I understand like why it's needed. And especially in, I mean, when I think about the political ways, the ways I want to like impact politically is like, it feels like living in a divorced, um, a, a divorced home in America right now. You know yeah. what I mean? Like everybody's arguing. Everybody's like, is not healthy for us as citizens, and it's definitely not healthy for the next generation. So it's like, if I can help to impact the leadership on the importance of your words and how you're using them, um, and how that message portrays, like, so. I hope I'm answering your question. No, you are. Like you are. I'm glad <laughs> that you brought it there. Like, it, it is the, the reasoning behind it. Like, it's yeah. uh, it's an interesting point you take on America. I think America's like a shitty marriage that was shitty when it started. But you're like, we may as well stay together. We got yeah. kids. And now you're like 30 years later, I never fucking liked you. Yeah. Like, so you're like, either we got to go. I don't know. We may have to Something split up. Something needs to happen. Like, because when you think about it, like, I think about life generationally. So I'm like, we have a whole generation of like generations who like think that this is normal. Like you think that this is like the way life is supposed to be. And that's not true. Life is supposed to be peaceful. Like Yeah, you should be chilling. Yeah, you should be chilling. Like, yeah. It's messed up. There were times where I I was watching like the news in America is crazy. So I I was in France Mm -hmm. and it was like man shot at festival. And I was like it was like man shot three times. I'm like, three times? That's it? 
<laughs> it's like, dang, nothing. And I'm like, wait a second, that's super crazy that I'm sitting here. Exactly. Like, yeah, there's a lot of things that have been normalized that shouldn't. And communication is the, I, I think, the precipice for getting all that out. Yeah. Um, the, the, I like how you brought up consistency. That's been my number one thing. My business life, like, I'm very, I'm very manic depressive when it comes to work. Like, <laughs> when I, when I set my mind in something okay. and just put it out there, like, I can't be stopped. Mm-hmm. And it's not me being cocky just because I, I just listen to mm-hmm. what other people say and I see mistakes that I make. I'm like, oh, I can just fix it. Everything's like a game, a video game to me. I just got to figure oh. out the quirk and then go from there. But got when it. I hit the depressive point mm-hmm. of just like being discouraged yeah. or just getting like my number one thing that screws me up is either getting a lot of tasks all at the one time, mm-hmm. too many things at once, and it could be good or bad, exactly, or getting that one pain in the ass thing that you got to do and then canceling it. Like the coolest thing that happened to me was meeting my friend Dwayne, who I met a while okay. back. You can't see him, you will. <laughs> Hi, Dwayne. Uh, <laughs> and I remember like having a showcase, and people were like, "Yo, this is good, man!" Like they got to see the podcast live. Like mm-hmm. you should do this, you should do that. It was like eight things, and I'm just like, "Yeah, shut down." And then you know, I remember exactly, we, yeah, <laughs> meeting Dwayne, and we're like, "Yo, we should hit up these two things." <laughs> And then doing them and then seeing progress on those things that we mm-hmm. keyed out, it's like cool. Yeah. And that's one thing like you have to, no matter what you're doing, whether it's content based, whether it's product based, exactly. you have to be consistent. Like if you went into any business and it was not the same as it was the last time you did, people are just, it's just not going to last. Yeah. Like even the things you don't like, like the post office is consistently shitty, but you know what you're getting. Like you know how to plan no around it. No matter what state, you, exactly. no matter what city, it's you, all the same. You know how to get there. But if you went there one day and it was the best experience of your life and you went there the next day and it took you five hours to do something that was very simple the time before, you're like, why should I even deal mm-hmm. with this ever? And I feel like everyone's small business and entrepreneurial pursuit is the same. Just do whatever you do all the time. That is the only way you'll get to the end, whether it's a good ending or a bad ending. Exactly. Keep doing it, yep. like, or else you'll never know. Yeah, I that's so important. It's just, yes, 100%, because, um, man, that's, uh, that, that, that's nice. true. I used my words. You did. Good job. <laughs> good job. Good job. There we go. So uh, I'm glad, you know, you found it. I, yeah. I, I like, I do see a ton of potential with this. I feel like it could go. It's one of those just malleable products mm-hmm. that can go anywhere. Yeah. So what you, you, you got the political thing. What If you couldn't just list one goal for the next year, what would it be? But tangible enough for you. One big thing. Ooh, that that's my actual. I work with a business coach as well. I have all these coaches, and that's my homework for this week. But I, um, it's this is one of those things. It's like the thing that scares you, right? So I'm like, that's a. But it's to create my um my conference. So I, nice, yeah. Okay. So all that's right. what I'm working on is so that I have the the usual words thing and like making it the thing that I push out, and so. Yeah, that and that. I mean, it's very possible. It doesn't. It's just. Whew, yeah. All right. Yeah. We're gonna hold you to it. Ugh, I know, right? I said it out loud. So you gotta, we gotta, <laughs> now you gotta do it. So yeah. I, I now that with that said, we got we got something tangible. Where? How can people support you? Where can they reach out to you? Where can okay. they find more of you? Book you? All that stuff you can blur out now. Got so it. We can share it. Um, yeah. So um, my website is www.deborahquave.com. Um, that's where you can contact me. You can purchase the book. Um, and yeah, there's also um, a link to chat with me if you want to um, have conversations. Um, yeah, that's where the support. Um, definitely um, go on the website, check me out, and then um, 
send, share. Like anyone who, I, I get a lot of people who are like, um, my son, this is really great for my son um, who's really dealing with anxiety or dealing with depression or just like having conversations. So, you know, really building the community. That's yeah. one of the things that I'm really working on to build a space where people come to understand, like learn how to communicate, but then also um, empowered to go and reproduce these types of conversations. So. Nice. Well, I hope we'll do whatever we can to get that conference going. I think yeah. that'd be actually like an awesome idea. Yeah. Like you can even have it started out small, mm -hmm. have a, like a couple of speakers come out. I think that'd be super sick. Yeah. Uh, I think this was super cool. Yeah. Thanks for thanks. coming. Thanks I for having a lot. me. And uh, for you out there, please purchase, buy the book. Yeah. Buy it. Buy the book. And uh, also, moonlightersclub.com is where you can find everything for us. We're on like every podcast thing. So yeah, wherever there's podcasts, you'll find us. But the website, we just redid it. Oh, great. To forever, but it's out there. We'll keep getting more content out to you, and we'll have a couple of showcases coming up. Hopefully, Deborah can join us. Yeah, let me know. Rock the mic on the stage, and yeah, share your story. <laughs> I think it'd be super cool. Cool. So for all of you who tuned in, thank you. Uh, please check our website for more information on the moonlightersclub.com, and uh, we hope to see you soon. Peace. Bye.